News, views, opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. There's actually uh, intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. News, views, opinions, and attitudes is exactly what you're going to get today. We are back after Jesse's vacation. (laughs) I was working, Jeff. That wasn't much of a vacation, but it was an amazing (laughs) time. A lot was accomplished in the work realm. (laughs) Amen. And yes, I, I took vacation as well. (laughs) yeah yeah you were kind of we'll say a little naughty there you didn't accomplish what you needed to get done but i know the lord put some other pressing things in your pathway to do (laughs) but i I did take tuesday night off we did not have a show on tuesday (laughs) (laughs) i think i still did five shows but whatever Uh, (laughs) yeah but there was so much all of a sudden going on you know there was a lot that we've got to go over from this last week there certainly is. And we did promise that we would do a superb owl decode. So we are going to do that. And uh, listen, we could spend three hours on this easily. Just what I have on this and what some of you, uh, our good listeners, have sent uh, and what I've looked at other people and just what I pick up. Uh, I have a bit of a unique perspective on this particular Super Bowl, which I'm going to bring out uh, about the halftime show. Uh, There's there so much here. So we're going to kind of go through it because there's some other pressing issues. And we really believe, as we reported before, we took our little hiatus uh, from our togetherness with Jesse and I, that we really felt that that uh, ritual was leading up to, well, pretty much today, Jesse, which is... Uh, it's the Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. So it's the only day where it's 2022, 2022, and you can look at it upside down, backwards. It doesn't matter. It all lines up with today's date. So uh, does that mean anything in, in your uh, previous world, Jesse, and particularly being on a Tuesday? You know, um, I not particularly, but I mean, there are some things I think that are forthcoming with it that, yeah, you know, it's got some meaning, but I'm not somebody that uh, buys into like all the, you know, astrological stuff, um, you know, because all of that is, is pretty much still guesswork. It's a form of divination, you know, and you're just guessing about what, what you believe based on the, you know, the signs, the wonders, the things that you're seeing. But, so, but they move according to that to some extent. Right. They do. Right? Yeah, they make their plans and everything revolving around those things. So Yeah, so that's what I was meaning. Not not what you're feeling today, but to, to them, uh, it would have some significant meaning, I would, su- I would suggest. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So. And, and, and yeah. by the way, um, as we get into some political stuff after we do the Superb Owl, uh, we have to establish, look, we have to be careful in what we say again right now. If you know about uh, where I am currently positioned, it's under martial law. And, you know, there's some things, so I have to be yeah, a little bit careful. Going on uh, there. So we'll, we'll just say the, the dictator of, uh, of 
you know, the, the northern part of North America, we're just going to call, well, we're going to actually use what, uh, what is Buddy Xi Jinping calls We could him. call him Tiny Tim. Are you kidding? What, what do you suggest? It's Little Potato. Oh, that goes along with Tiny Tim. Okay, we'll call him Little Potato. I like that. Little Potato. But, you know, I think the big focus, Jeff, you know, really <laughs> with all of this needs to be that, you know, the Hebrew letter uh, bait, which is the second letter of the alphabet, the symbol for that is the house. So I think that's vitally important if people look through, think back, you know, we're taking back the house and I think it's going to happen on this day, but we'll see. Oh God, <laughs> I pray something happens. And, uh, well, I'm going to talk about my dream as well, Jesse. Uh, yes. Cause yeah. it's not nor it's not normal for me to have one this extravagant. And, uh, but let's start off with the superb owl, Jesse. And again, we are just express, we're doing some news, but it's views, opinions, and attitudes. So, uh, what we're saying might not come off as fact, might just be opinion. You make up your mind if uh, if we get it right or not. So I'm going to share my screen here. Oh, I got to hit this with and and by the way, we're not going to be playing any audio from it. Uh, one thing that uh, you should keep in mind with this is the uh, if you you know just uh, ask Google what the uh, songs were played and you look up the song lyrics i was tempted to read some of them but listen i just want to make a statement the lyrics of of these songs and particularly like the one that eminem was saying at the end mm -hmm. it could not be more in con like the anti-god um it is you know the exact opposite of everything that god is <laughs> let me just say that yeah. so uh, if you if you think of it in that way, it's it's the complete rebellion from God. Right. All right. So we we start off the opening scene. Jesse is the uh, the Pepsi ball, <laughs> and so the Pepsi ball. When you when you look at it, there's a couple things. So red, white, and blue. That's all American, right? I, I not to me. I mean. <laughs> Red and blue program. What's interesting about this is that, you know, um, thinking about end time uh, things is that, you know, you always have this running symbology through the system of the red and the blue. And, you know, even it was used to represent like Judah and the Romans. Um, later, it it's meant to represent that equilibrium that the system uses where you have fire and water that together um, create or are needed between, you know, a man, a woman, or a good force and a bad force. Um, it represents that equilibrium in high level magic. And you even have it inside of a circle, you know, which all magic is done either inside or outside of a circle. And that's their sacred space or the summoning circle. Um, you know, so, so I'm glad you said that. Let me just advance the frame really quick and I want to be able to catch it. And we're just going to describe this for those of you who are listening. So you're not going to miss anything, but if you did see the halftime show or you want to watch it again, it's like a 14 minutes and 14 seconds or something like that. 
<laughs> um, that might be important. But let me just advance one frame here. Oh, hold on. Oh, I think I missed it. There. Oh. Uh, you know what? I, I couldn't catch it, but essentially it goes into like the center of an LP record, mm -hmm. right? So if everyone remembers what an LP record looks like, so it became kind of the label on an LP for just one second. But what happened there is you see the lines on the audio uh, part of the LP. And what did that make it look like? Saturn. Right. And then you add to it that, you know, we all know that's the Pepsi symbol. If we break down those words, um, the Hebrew word for peps means life or energy. And then you have sea, like a sea of people. You've got life, energy, sea. Um, so very interesting how it's all kind of coming out. Yeah. So now, uh, and by the way, so, you know, Saturn is swirling through space. And it's zooming in, you know, on, on Earth. It's coming into North America at this point. And, of course, it's going to land right in Compton. So just give me a second. All right. So it lands in Compton. There's all kinds of explosions. You can see this is like a real ghetto type area that they're showing. Yeah, this, is that an Asian letter on street. top of that? Uh, you know, like Asian letter on top of that box there. That kind of looks like an Asian letter by underneath the lights. Oh, right, right. Or that looks like the one for house, which is interesting. Which is just what you said here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> let's, we're, we're in the first two and a half seconds, okay? <laughs> and uh, But everyone thought Three, that this four, one was five, more... six. And you have seven rays of light too. So that's interesting as well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven rays of light. Oh my goodness. You're right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this, this is going to get good. This is going to get um, good, folks. Well, should we go into the Compton area real quick? What's interesting about that is that, um, you know, in that area or right in between, we'll say Compton and Palisades is a huge area, but in between there along that coast is one of the largest uh, training centers. Um, that was one where, you know, they, they did a map or we'll say the good guys did a massive rescue. And then, um, so yeah, so just kind of interesting. That and and it's, about, it's about 15 miles, right? Like yeah, 15 kind of miles right both. So you'd have Compton, like if you headed straight to the east towards the ocean, there's a 15-mile radius. And then if you go up to Palisades, there's a 15-mile radius. So both are within that tunnel line system for that base that's there. So that that's really interesting. All right. So we're in Compton. There's some explosions in that because Saturn has landed in Compton and Saturn is of course who they're inviting to come to their party. Okay. Now 
Then the next scene, I just stopped this. This is Dr. Dre's hand. And they're showing uh, basically the map of Compton in a square on the palm of his hand. A nine-fold square. So there's nine squares within that square, which is significant in the system. And um, it's also connected with the palm magic, the nine main meridians on the palm during palm magic. Yes, and uh, I think you're going to see that uh, someone is somewhat of a kingmaker here. And, uh, <laughs> so, so now I'll just uh, I'm just going to describe. So you see Compton in in a form of a square, and by the way, geographically it is sort of square, the uh, the actual boundary lines of it. So it's in the form of a square, and this is important because. Then he puts his hand down on the mixing board. The mixing board kind of rises out of the uh, out of the set, and you know it kind of it starts the uh, starts the party for everyone. So. Yeah. Well, hold on. I want to bring out a little more about that too. Is that with the nine? What's significant is that it shows authority and jurisdiction. So it, you know, oftentimes um, in black magic. The high priests are going to be using a sigil or a token. So what this is showing is that literally, you know, the token is in or on his hand and it gives him full access, not just to one or two principalities, but it looks like he's made, you know, what it's saying or symbolizing is that he's made covenant contract with all nine major principalities, which also gives him access as a high priest to all nine major uh, spiritual gate doorways uh, throughout, you know, the world. So, yeah. And, and by the way, we kind of think that, uh, you know, although he's being portrayed as the king maker in this entire thing, you know, everyone's kind of, but we also think that he's getting a promotion. Oh, definitely. Why don't you talk about it? It looked like he was like, you know, started at a 32 and now he is. Well, what, why don't we, why don't we get to that when we uh, get to that part of the segment, which is about three okay. quarters of the we'll way through. We'll talk about his um, promotion in a moment. Yeah. So let's just uh, go to the next scene and uh, I'm just rolling it. And after this, I'm just going to have to fast forward a little bit and pause because I realize that some of the sound is probably bleeding through my microphone here. But I need mm -hmm. to hear Jesse at the same time. So others, <laughs> I can't really avoid it. All right. So go to the next scene. Oh, did you see yeah, the tattoo? Yeah. And he's turning up. Um, so that okay, actually is. With the, with the Baphomet symbol. <laughs> Essentially, so is Baphomet that not what he's doing in his hand? Yeah, turning he turned up on uh, what would be the right side. Um, so it gets kind of interesting because you in magic you have the left side, the right side. So it looks like there's going to be some heat turned up on the right side there. Um, which Baphomet also is on the right side, uh, spiritual gate wise. So looks like for anybody listening, there's going to be some you know, Bethlehem gate uh, 
looks like it's going to be hot and active for a little bit, but go ahead. All right. And anything about the tattoo on the back of his hand? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a partial, I can't see it quite close enough, but it looks like um, a variant form of the old, uh, we'll say priory um, symbol. And, you know, it used to be that literally they would have a Kraken on their hand, which you can't quite tell if that is a Kraken or not, but it looks like it's got kind of that same symbology there. I'd love to see it up close of that tattoo. If somebody could send that. Yeah. So it kind of, at first glance, it looks like a spider, but then when you look closer at it, it doesn't really look like a spider. It's some, something else. So I, yeah. I, we don't know. We'll leave that as a un, unknown at this point. Uh, and there's just too much to decode in this entire thing to worry about every little detail. All right. So then he rises up, Jesse. He's going to do it. He's rising up. And you've got kind of the shift of the world, the above and the below, switching places. So the below right. is now going underground and the above is being elevated. And and now he's doing this classic, well, it's almost like the Jesus on the cross pose, but uh kind he's, of you know, but with some special symbols. Yeah. And and listen, you know, he's just he's just welcoming the people. Um <laughs> Now, when, when the camera is going to pull out a bit, um, Snoop Dogg is going to come on. Let me just fast forward here. Okay, so now we now you can see the set. Okay, um, and and actually, this is a this is a good time to give a little bit of a personal story uh, because I think it, it ties in, and I have some relevant uh, life experience that ties into this. So, first of all, I'm from Compton. Wow. <laughs> when, yeah, when, you've uh, got some definite life experience that connects with that. Yeah, I listen when I, you know, when I was uh, came out of the hospital, that's where we lived, you know. And, and listen, I we moved out of Compton into Anaheim when I was uh, kindergarten age, essentially. So you know, I spent my first five years there. It's not like I'm hard <laughs> hardcore raised in Compton, man. You know, <laughs> not like right. that at all. However, it was very interesting. Uh, at that time. And, you know, I remember some of it, but, and, you know, obviously I'm glad that uh, society has gotten a little bit uh, more sophisticated in these things, but, you know, back in the late sixties, early seventies, there was a lot of racial tension. Let's just say that. And what had happened in Compton at that time was it was a predominantly white neighborhood and Within a span of about two years, according to my father, as I don't remember at all, uh, the neighborhood, you know, as soon as a couple black people moved in, the whites started moving out, essentially. Sad but true, okay? Yeah. Um, and it got so, within two years, from like a completely white school, my sister was the only white kid left in the school. Wow. Within two years, and... And, you know, obviously, you know, my dad uh, and, you know, houses back then, I can't remember if he told me that the house was worth uh, 40000 I think it was $40,000 uh, at the time, but he couldn't sell it. Uh, mm -hmm. He had to sell it for $20,000. Wow. 
Wow. And and he did that, you know, they did that too, because he felt, you know, for myself and my sister, look, we needed to get out of there. Right. Right. So now the other interesting thing is, and I, and I could talk a little bit more about Compton, but I want to be honest with the audience. Um, I've sat down and I've had business dealings with Dr. Dre. Wow. I've met him. Uh, I sat in a room with him and Jimmy Iovine. I've shaken his hand. I had a conversation with him. Um, and what what the what it was was I was on the team to launch Beats by Dr. Dre headphones in Canada. Hmm. And so this meeting was in Las Vegas, and Jimmy Iovine. Um, and Dr. Dre, two of the biggest guys in music, quite honestly. Um, I don't know if there's any bigger uh, right now, but they they were in the room. We had a good business meeting. And and I will say just as an, as an impression, um, and I didn't know anything about this stuff, <laughs> you know, at the time. I, however, uh, Dre didn't come off as some gangster, <laughs> you know, uh, Yo, yo, type of guy. Listen, he was a focused, ambitious businessman with a plan. And honestly, his influence in that created probably the greatest marketing campaign I've ever seen because every single artist uh, in their videos was wearing those headphones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The product placement was everywhere. And uh, and it, it was... It was really good, actually, and, and it was wow. a good product. Now, I, I will tell you, a part of that, uh, just kind of the end of that story, is so I was working with uh, Noel Lee, who was the owner, owner of Monster Cable at the time, and Noel Lee was the manufacturer, and you know he paid a heavy licensing deal to Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, Mm-hmm. And what happened was, um, so they put their name on it. They brought their credibility. It was a huge licensing deal. and But uh, Monster Cable did all the manufacturing of these things. What's interesting is after a really successful launch in about a year and a half, I think I, I could have the timelines wrong, but essentially Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine screwed Noel Lee, who did all the work, did the manufacturing, did the engineering, and they basically got a cheap uh, China-made plastic copy where they, you know the original was a really high-quality product. They wow. kept selling it. They reduced their costs. They kept selling, and they screwed uh, Noel Lee and Monster Cable. And that wow. is when Dr. Dre became the first hip-hop billionaire in history. Wow. Interesting. That is very interesting. So I wanted to just share a little bit of my personal experience. Now, the other thing is, remember when we just a a minute ago, Jesse, there we saw Compton on the back of his hand and it was a square and, you know, kind of geographically it is squarish. Well, now it's a circle. (laughs) And and it's so it's a map of Compton in circular form around this uh, little mini complex uh, representation of Compton. Interesting. So the circle, do you think that's uh, for their protection while they're doing this? Perhaps, Jesse? Yeah, it looks like if they created a circle and they're inside of the circle, that means they're 
trying to protect themselves from whatever would be on the outside of that circle. That's right. And, and just a, just a couple more quick things about Compton and you're going to see, there's a couple landmarks of Compton. There's the courthouse on the, on the end closest to, uh, to the right side of the screen. There's a house on the left and they were having house parties. And so it's kind of a throwback to the, the good old days of Compton, but you got to remember what happened in Compton. Compton got so bad and so crime ridden out of control that the police said they were not armed well enough to go into Compton and they stopped responding to calls in Compton. Wow. So that's the glory that these guys are bringing back. And just, and when we look at the set, there's no personality. It's not like, you know, one house has flowers in front of it. They have a different paint job. No, 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 no. They're, they're kind of like FEMA camp boxes. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I want to see a little more before I start bringing out some stuff about the houses and stuff. But I think people should take note for sure of the barber shop not being far from, you know, the courthouse. So That's right. And, uh, and I believe the one that they're standing on right now is the MLK Museum. You've got the courthouse. Then there's the place uh, in the middle that's lit up. That's Eve after dark. That was a, a club where they all kind of started. And then there's like a, a little cafe down at the end, but we'll, uh, mm -hmm. we'll get to that. So uh, let me just skip forward here. All right. Oh, I wanted to get the costume that uh, there we are. <laughs> Remember we did that program not too long ago, Chantilly Lace? That's right. And the Mandela symbol. Uh, yeah, so it's he's saying full access to the spiritual gates is what that represents. So, Yeah, and, and so not only this, but when you're looking at, uh, and we're looking at Snoop Dogg here in his, uh, his uniform, it does have these lace-type patterns. And, and it's very uh, crip-ish, I guess, they... Uh, was what they're going for. The mainstream folks would say, uh, you know, real old school kind of uniform, but also notice, so he's wearing blue and white. And then there's all these kind of blue and lighter blue lights behind him. Yeah. Well, the blue and yellow. And yellow, um, yes. With the stripes. Yeah, blue and yellow. And so very interesting. Actually, let me just, uh, I'm going to do just maybe five seconds or so. Yeah. Yeah, you can see more of the lace patterns or the lace look in the, it's kind of got that, you know, uh, Indian type feel to it. Um, but you can see definite how it looks like those lace patterns. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the so goal. they're on the rooftop of this, uh, of this building, uh, Dre and Snoop, and they do the opening number. And then let me just, uh, so it just goes and all of a sudden Snoop walks downstairs and he's in the house. Interesting. 
And he's got a car inside the house. No, no. So there's three cars parked in front of the Compton set. In front of, okay. Yeah, so it's in front of it. And then they're in the house and he's jamming with the band. Uh, everything's white in there, of course. And then you'll see these uh, the pictures on in the back here. The pictures change. And so it's basically just talking about Snoop growing up in the hood. You know, it's showing him grow up and, uh, you know, becoming the, the, the success that he is now. Let me just show you that. Oh, I went too far, but here comes uh, Dr. Dre into the barber shop. And uh, I don't think he needs a barber. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Um, you know, but it looks like it's also right across from the loans, checks, and more buildings. So that's interesting. Yes. All right. So now, so now you can see the set with the cars in front and the, part of it. And yeah. so you know, there's this, uh, there's these houses. You know, they're they're going down. They're they went from the rooftop concert. Now they're down stairs and they're jamming. But it gets really interesting. Now they're back on the roof, okay? And I hope I can get to the right scene here. So they're they're back on the roof. They're singing as Dre and Snoop still. We're about uh, 1 minute 53 seconds in. And they both point down. Oh, let me just see what this is. You can see just a better uh, from the other side. One more frame. Yeah, that's it. All right, so so they've got their hands out here, you know, kind of doing the the Jesus pose. I, I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> They're, they're then, leveling energy, Jeff. Uh, you always do, if you're doing a ceremony or ritual, uh, you're going to do that protection uh, spell. So often you would see that Jesus statue with the arms out because that's their grounding uh, statue that they use. Um, so as they're funneling that energy, it's going to go through that statue. So basically that's like a, they're just, doing a, a symbolizing a protection spell right there within what they're about to do. So, so it's not coordinated dance. <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, an interesting coordinated dance. It was all oh, blue ahead. before, and now the stadium lights that go around the stadium, around the uh, different tiers, are all yellow and red. Yellow and red, and red is on the bottom. Okay. Yeah. So now watch what happens here. I'm just going to play for a couple seconds. Okay. Yeah. So now like the camera, down. they both point down, single fingers point down. And now we have 50 cent <laughs> with, with, with the hose. <laughs> but but 50 cents hanging upside down jesse like an upside down cross yeah 
Now, and it's all red, like representing, you know, the underworld. It went from blue to red as above, below, upside down inversion. And and I think they're, you know, portraying some sexy stuff here. Um, I don't know. That... You also have the upside down cross, like, you know, because they're doing like the symbol of Jesus on the cross for that protection. And then it switches to the bottom part of the cross, you know, the cross being turned upside down. I, and you know what? I just thought of this, but look, look, he's upside down. And just look at how the red comes on to his shirt. It's almost like yeah. the blood dripping down into the right. tomb or something like that. But, you know, on, <laughs> I, I, I'll give you what I think they're doing at the end of this. But so, and by the way, I will say for those of you uh, who think maybe we're looking too much into this, maybe we are. Okay. Uh, and when he did his original video of this song, uh, 50 Cent, he was, he started off as hanging upside down. Mm -hmm. But also, what is 50 Cent? That's money, right? Right, but it's also on a clock. Uh, that's going to be at the number six. And it's Half upside down. down. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's so keep it going here. Yeah. And then we have some uh, flashing lights there, Jesse. And I don't know if there's anything to see into that, but there's red and white. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it looks like they're long tubes or whatever, but I think just like the numbers, you've got five of them, which often are symbolized on the, uh, the king's crowns where they ha would have the five points and as you start to look into you know the masonry stuff um in fact even you know the gloria there's a picture that gloria vanderbilt had above um her bed that you know has this woman in a black robe yeah. and it has the five rays of light um which represent the five mothers of darkness so interesting So then so honorarium type things, but go ahead. So then it, you know, it's, it, it's just a house party, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, 50 cent with, uh, with all the hoes because, you know, money gets you that lifestyle. At Club Six in Compton. <laughs> okay. Enough of the booty thing here. Um, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> You know, this whole rap, and, you know, people look up to this thinking that this is good, honestly. And you know what? I, I could have easily been that guy who thought that. Thank the Lord. He saved me. Now, what was the name? I'm just curious, too. What was the name of the song um, for this that, let's see, what was he? In the club. In the so club, yeah. In D you know, in D-A club, um, you know, which would be club six down there in Compton. So interesting. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to go past all the booty stuff. Oh, actually, that might be worth pausing on. Just give me one second here. He does, I just caught that. He does a little pose there. Just one second. 
I missed it. And then we've got, uh, she's kind of in a lacy space suit, Jesse. Mary yeah. Jane Blythe. And sparkly. Um, you know, the metal actually has some significant meanings too. Um, you know, because it can represent like the diamonds or, um, you know, the dimensional access to doorways. So, yeah. And, and, and so we're now all we're wearing back. white boots, Jeff. They're spiritually grounding themselves, <laughs> except for her. So, all the energy. So, what that does is when they spiritually ground themselves, it means that all the energy is going to her because she's the only one not spiritually grounded. Oh. Yeah. Now, listen, I heard some other people doing some decodes and stuff like that and, you know, thinking that, uh, you know, she's kind of like a being some part of a queen here or something. Jesse, is there anything to that that you know of? Well, yeah, of course. And uh, she, you know, I mean, even you look at the way the, the lace is like, you know, going up her chest there, that looks like the, uh, what we've brought out about the, um, like the DNA strands and the lifeblood. And so you've got, you know, the di the leopard print, the lifeblood, and uh, some other significant things here going on. So I'll just kind of leave it there. But yeah, it's all, all the imagery is very significant. And yeah, you've got her hair very much done up like, you know, with it being down and stuff where it, it would be representing like Eve, the first woman. Um, so the animal carnal flesh, but. And by the way, we're going to tie this all into to 5G and graphene. <laughs> just, <laughs> just telling you where this so is the going. So the silver could be the mercury. Who knows? We'll see where it goes. All right. I'm just, I want to get through this because we have some other stuff we want to get to, but I want to cover off the main things. So she's now by herself and then she kind of collapses on stage and that's done on purpose. Of course, she wasn't hurt. Okay. Let me just go to it there. Actually. Ooh. So I want to just freeze here. So Jesse, she ends up laying, I, I can't get that like split second, but she ends up kind of laying on her back here by herself. I don't have anything to add onto that. Do you? Um, the significance of a fallen angel in a square space, uh, which would represent basically the summoning or the raising up. Um, it, it, there's a lot. And then you've got the Dre Day boxes, which if you look at his foundation symbol, you know, there's a red handprint on there too. So when we look at like ritual layouts, um, you know, if that's representing the ritual wall, you have six boxes there. Oh, no, no, no. There's, there's about 30. So let me just advance the, the scene. There's more. Here. Okay. Yeah, just yeah, let me advance the scene there, because but... you're going to see exactly what I see in the very next frame here. Okay. But yeah, but, I think but it, it could be interesting, be... The, the fallen angel thing, because then we have this. 
So now we've got the, the black cube, essentially, with all right. these boxes, okay? And all the boxes have Dre Day written on the front of them, okay? Right, and so there's I'm just gonna, 30 I'm just gonna, boxes. What's that? There's 30 boxes. Yes, 30 boxes. What's the significant of that? Well, just in that space, um, you see the rest kind of highlighted with all the lights, the different boxes. Um, but often that, you know, that 30 is kind of a cutoff mark. I guess maybe let me think how to keep going. I'll have to right. decide if we can bring that out yet or not. Okay, so, but what's interesting is these boxes, and by the way, so, so the Dre Day Foundation, they help kids, you know, um, they want to help kids through sport and, and things like this, and their, uh, their insignia, as Jesse was alluding to, is a, is a black handprint, uh, like you'd see, uh, like if you dipped your hand in black paint and put it on the wall, but in the middle yeah. of the hand, it says 32. Now, one of the things that's very significant is this is a brand new stadium. And this right. stadium is built right on the 33rd degree latitude. Yeah. So Dre has gone from Dre Day 32 to 33 now. And it also has to do, uh, we'll just say, all I can say about the boxes, it has to do with summoning connections. You know, at first he had showed the nine, so he's got connections to the nine principalities. The 30 is always significant because it connects with the number of mighty men that God gave David in his army. And so, you know, he's saying that he has connections with 30 um mighty men but now it's been upped because the outside of the boxes you know it goes from 32 to 33 in his level so he's saying that he's gotten more mighty men than david so that's a significant thing and also and listen i don't know if there's anything with this jesse but i'm just making an observation that the city street lights of compton are lit up on the right and the left of this, but there's nothing kind of to the top or the bottom, like the north and south, you might say. Right, which means that it has to do with the energy pull, especially if you're using a spiritual gate, the pull's always going to be involving the west and the east, never the north and the south. So all that energy is flowing. And, and what you see there too is like, you know, you can even see like with the way that the the lines flow, um, that you have more of a horizontal flow out to the east versus on the west, it's pulling, you know, kind of horizontally and vertically into that box area. But then as it disperses, the majority of the disbursement is going to be horizontal. So... And and so why would they use like five larger boxes on the top row, five smaller boxes, five larger boxes, five smaller boxes, and five larger boxes? I think it has to boxes. do with commanders and rulers that, um, you know, 
that there are six commanders under those nine principalities that he's utilizing, and then their rulers, which are their heads of their army who are underneath them. So, yeah, they're doing a pretty high-level energy pull at this ritual here. And and it's interesting that you say army because I think that's exactly what you're going to see here. And and so I just want to yeah. I just want to recap just briefly, Jesse. We have Saturn coming down to Earth, and now we kind of got a black cube, and out of it raises these guys. <laughs> They kind of the look Jedi. like Jedi. The Jedi. The Black Jedi. What do you mean by the Black Jedi? Yeah, this is a very significant group. Um, you know, so again, symbolizing that demonic army, and you you have the um the connection to, you know. And you see it like even in their um, with their hands crossed and, you know, the very straight fingers on the bottom. That's a symbol that you're not just like being handled by somebody like usually if you cross your like if you're in the presence of somebody who's more powerful than you um, and you're taking a picture or publicly, you know, you're kind of just listening to them you're going to show have that one hand come over and kind of show that submission stance when the fingers are straight on the bottom hand like that you're showing them also that you're their military um you know and that lapel across with the uh the dd we'll just Dray say day. or the gray day um you know that is symbolic of of those special forces with some of the Jedi groups, um, you know, which we've said this area is right at one of those training centers, major training centers where they do that kind of stuff, where they did raise up Jedi. Um, so this is Operation Jedi and, you know, saying that they're ready, they're rising up because they're ready to serve. They're coming out of the box. And what, what does Operation Jedi want to accomplish? And these guys are clearly militant, right? Yeah. You have different forces. Um, the We'll just say the good guy, all of them are considered under the jurisdiction of the Galactic Alliance or Global Alliance. or It also goes by the Galactic or Global Federation. Um Within there, you have those who are directly under uh, Hydra. So these Jedi would be part of that group that's under Hydra there, which that California area is one of the biggest uh, training centers for, you know, the Black Jedi. Um, and again, you know, even in that symbol, you have Eve after dark. Um yeah, which you is know, the name so, of the club in Compton. Right. But, but I'm sure there's significant why they chose because yeah, because they're, you know, she's dancing and looking like Eve and <clears> Eve's <throat> got diamonds all over her. And now they're telling a time. Um, so after dark, you know, the Jedi can go and 
have their dimensional access to diamonds, but we'll keep going. All right. So now the, the light changes and, you know, it goes a little bit more red and these guys are hopping out of their boxes. The boxes are carried away. And then they start doing these formations. Right, which uh, the H is, uh, these are going to be alchemy chemical uh, symbols in witchcraft. Um, <laughs> as you look at a... <laughs> At a, this a is where seven. I was going with this. Oh my goodness! And we didn't plan this, Jesse. Right. As you look at a, you know, a ritual circle, you often for the druidic magic, um, you're going to start to see more of these alchemy symbols come out. So they're putting that H in that eastern quadrant area, or let me think. No, that's the western. That was the western one, right? With all the both axes, so. They've got the H in the West quadrant, but go ahead. Okay, now so they've now they've gone to a different symbol. And for those of you following along, I'm just skipping along in the in the video, and you'll just have to watch it, and you'll you'll see the movement of the army. It's it's purposely a top view. Okay, they didn't make no mistakes with every single camera angle. It's planned, so they're showing us something here. Yeah, H M, which is M, is often the symbol for the sex magic. And then there's one more that I really wanted to show. I think I might have missed it. Let me see. No, no, no. Here it comes. So if I go just like a half a frame more, it's essentially going into that six-pointed star. Right. Which means they've now gone to, that's the uh, Solomonic magic uh, point that they're doing. Um, and you can see what's interesting is that, um, you see the flow that you've just got, like, basically a lot of them are pointed out except for, um, a few of them, which are pointing into, uh, so they're controlling the flow of that, um, the incoming and, and, and in and going out. And what's interesting as well is, so they're on a very distinct square pattern here, okay? Very yeah. distinct square pattern. And and I want to give some credit. So there's one channel that I do like to watch from time to time is a channel called A Call for an Uprising. And mm -hmm. I want to say he did, he's done a great job on the graphene and stuff like that. But he pointed something out that I thought was really significant because he did a decode on uh, the Olympics. And essentially what he got out of the Olympics is they kept showing this beautiful snowflake, right? right. But, the, but the snowflake was in this shape, but in the center of the snowflake was a square and it's like a computer chip, okay? And yeah. and so what, what it was pointing to, and when you look at the, uh, the shape of the six points, it's actually, that's the symbol for graphene. And, and the number with graphene and carbon, I don't have it exactly right. So don't quote me on this. It's worth watching one of his videos. Uh, but it's 666 is yeah, the actual periodic table number. So but what they're, what they're doing here, and then, by the way, so they form this snowflake with this chip inside of it. And when you look up snowflake, it's the company making digital ID for 
these passes that are becoming popular all around the world. Right? So very interesting. <laughs> it, it really is. All right. So I wanted to get to that. It's about as close as I can get to that snowflake. Let me just see if I go one more second further now. It just they keep changing camera angles. It goes quick. Yeah. Uh, that, then they start marching around in their square. Or they're making the symbol for oxygen. Oh. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm trying to get halfway through there. Yeah. And in a Masonic ritual, they will they will stand in the outside of the sacred space square, and they will directionally move from in a certain direction, and they have to keep marching around uh, that sacred space as they're saying certain things. So to me, this is very uh, Masonic in ritual form. So. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly agree with you there. All right. Let me just uh, go past this guy now. See, oh, hold on. There's another symbol. Maybe may as well freeze it there. So now you've got some guys marching around in a little small circle with a guy in the middle, and then you have the other ones standing on guard. Right. Which is going to be, you know, I think we're really witnessing his elevation, but it's like we're seeing the live ritual of it as he's taken that 33rd vow. And I think he is connected with the Jedis, which is, but I think they're doing it right on stage in front of everybody. Yeah. And then you see him for a brief second on top of the roof here. Let me see here. Or... Yep, there he is. So he's still he's still at the board. He's controlling the whole show here, right? From the board. Right. So now this is where it gets interesting for me as well. We go and you notice all the so all the audience and I haven't really focused on the audience much, but this is a point when I want to. So they're all kind of sitting around, you know, they're doing their own thing, but all of a sudden in this scene they're all their wrists light up. Interesting. All of their wrists light up. And then, of course, you have uh, Eminem come on stage. And actually, I'm just going to play because I don't want, I probably won't get the frame exactly here. So you see, he's, uh, we're facing the courthouse, got all these people uh, sitting in this kind of uh, meditation type pose holding their arms out and their wrists are all lit up now. And then out comes Eminem and watch what happens when he appears on top of the courthouse. The courthouse yeah. kind of blows up. <laughs> time, you know, does the wrists represent time? Does it represent digital ID? Good. But yeah, it, yeah. it is like On a watch wrist. that is, it is like On a the watch yeah. lighting up. And, and yes, it's time, I would say. And, and again, maybe we're reading too much into this, but when I think, when I go back and I just see what happened with Compton and Compton is at the center of this. 
Right. And we see right now for the last five years, really, the justice system has been completely upside down. Okay. Uh, look at people of January 6th. They no trial, no lawyers. They just locked away. You know, you see innocent people being taken away and then murderers being set free. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we're seeing here is, 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 is to me, this is just like the justice system is, is gone. It's bringing in chaos. And one of the things that they do say is order through chaos. But what they mean by order is they mean their power through chaos. Right. And it'd be interesting to, you know, see which of the um, the spirits, you know, out of the keys of Solomon is in charge of, of time and chaos. And, you know, my guess is that it definitely deals with Kronos, who we know was coming in on that western shore. Um, so... All right, so then we go forward a little bit, and now he's on. Uh, he's on. He's turned to the other view. Uh, he's back on top of the house, sort of thing. Dre's up there with him doing the DJ, and then all the the crowd they all go to stand in front of Eminem and uh, and pay their homage. They rush the stage. He sings the most disgusting song. Let me just see. <laughs> Oh, oh, listen, I got to say this though. And and I didn't do the, uh, uh, I guess Anderson pack or something is the, uh, the guy playing drums. Uh-huh. So I, listen, I'm not a fan of this music, but this guy playing drums has so much charisma. Honestly, this guy kind of <laughs> sucked me in. Watch him for just a second here. And the guy actually has some good chops, but he, he just got a smile that's worth a million dollars. I got to say, uh, really good looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think so? Not the type I would be into, Jeff. <laughs> well, it is not the type I'm into either. First of all, I, I, I'm not into dudes. Um, I'll give you, he's a good looking dude, Jeff. I'll give you that much. <laughs> Now we've got these horn players out of somewhere, and I don't remember really. Horns. Yeah, and, and so the trumpet has this red thing, uh, or sorry, yeah. it's a trumpet, a trombone, and it looks like a French horn. What are they doing here? I I have no nothing the to say on hails. that. The three... Yeah, What's the three hails. The three hails. Okay. The, the trumpets represent, you know, the um, processions. And usually for each procession, there's three hails. So again, Masonic inner rituals, uh, there would be three hails. So it's a way they can represent that without, uh, without directly saying it or doing, you know, the three hails. All right, and then uh, then you look downstairs, and of course they're in uh, in Snoop's house. They're all just kind of sitting around jamming, listening to uh, to Eminem. And then Eminem does this. Dre comes on stage, and Dre's going to go over to the keys here in a second. 
But Eminem right. does this particular bow, Jesse. Yeah, uh, that bow is very significant. Um, that would be kind of the submission stance you would take in that ritual um, before, you know, whoever's... It's interesting, does anybody after this, like, bend close to his head? Because usually when they take that vow or bow in a ritual, like, the next somebody's going to come and whisper in their ear the name for God for that next level. Uh, but then it's also then later becomes a vow or a vow of service. So um, they would do that as they enter a temple, um, you know, whether it's Bephomet or, you know, usually you would see like the Templars uh, doing this before the Bephomet statue as they come into the temple. So. Okay. So one of the things is and you have to understand, like Dr. Dre was the guy who made Eminem the biggest rap star. And the song that uh, Eminem just sang is basically an homage to Dr. Dre. It mentions his name several times in the song, in the lyrics. So he's seems like he's bowing down submission to, to Dre. I, I don't know. Or just uh, showing then, that, yeah, the homage, the honor. Yeah, and then Dre goes and sits behind the keys. And again, it's a, it's a white piano with black keys. So you see, you know, white and black is all over this thing. Oh, and even in the house, I forgot to yeah. show you, but there, there was even the grids of the, the like the checkered floor on the wall of the uh, of the house they were in while he was playing. Uh, Eminem was playing. I don't okay, want to go so back. Okay, so it's just the Masonic sacred space, and yeah, and so see, so like it, it's been a minute, and he's already he's still bowing there, and 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 Dre, you know, he's playing the keys. In the higher levels, so the octaves he's in are those higher eighth, ninth octave. So I bet he was just giving him the song code for the dimensional gate. And and Jesse, look right above his head. What do you see there? Yeah. Yep. You That's see all, all the Masonic squares. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if he was bowing for that minute and a half because he really was in this a different dimension. Wow, that's something I hadn't considered. And then, of course, we have the blue lights come on, and it's over the white, and you can see the uh, all the people on the there's people on the inside, and then people around the outside of the circle now. Mm -hmm. So again, energy flow, which means he's probably. Did he rise? He rose up though already. So keep going. Yeah. So now um, we're kind of in the finale and it's back to Snoop and Dre uh, who close out the show. But all of a sudden we've got these, uh, these brown shirt guys. The question is to ask who wears the brown robes in ritual. Okay. Who wears the brown robes in rituals? <laughs> <laughs> Usually it has to do with orders. Uh, so you've got some of the Jesuit orders that wear brown robes. Okay. 
So, you know what, what I see here though, and you know, I don't have the, uh, the background that you do with rituals and stuff like that. Thankfully, I don't have that background, but what I see is uniformity again, and what they, they want to create this chaotic society where anything goes. And, and quite honestly, I think that, uh, some of it is, you know, when they basically this, uh, this 5g and the programming and, you know, all this stuff, they're going to turn on some areas and they're going to, you know, people are going to act differently. People are going to be more submissive. That's what I see in this. Well, I see higher level homage too. Um, you got to remember, you know, Thomas Brady was, you know, an individual, not only a high priest in the system, but he was very connected with the Jesuits, ran the carousel program, um, also was very highly involved with the different military uh, programs like Looking Glass, Voice of God, um, you know, Jedi, Project Phoenix, all of those. So you have that whole Chicago area that uh, um, he was part of. And so, you know, when you see those brown robes, that was his his jurisdiction, his guys who, you know, he ran were in those brown robes. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and Brady just retired, and there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff to talk about that. We talked about it a little bit last time, so uh, we'll keep going. But now we've got the, the two guys up here, and they just kind of finished the show. Let me just see. Actually, let me just uh, go back and... And then they're joined by their their queen is uh, is on there with them again. And Fifty Cent comes, man, what a party! Actually, a lot of people really liked this. By the way, it got great reviews. Where you know the last one was just so over the top satanic that no one liked it. Right. You know. Um, oh yeah, and then this this I think you're going to pick up something from. Jesse, so I'm just going to play the last seconds here. So they have the uh, the the performers there; they're all gathered together, and uh, and and so he's got one. He actually throws up the devil horns. I don't know if you'll be able to catch it, but and then all of a sudden he's on the roof, and there's fireworks. A thousand points of light. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. Tell tell us in the comments. Are we reading too much into this? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Man, we could be. That's our just, quick decode of it. We'll just stick with that. That's our quick decode of it. Yeah, you know, maybe we're just uh, we're just wacky conspiracy nuts. Maybe. Well, you can be the conspiracy. Wait, no, you can be the nut. I'll be the conspiracy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, listen, I, uh, I've been, I've actually been called worse than a nut before, so that's okay. You should read some of the mail I'm getting, Jesse. <laughs> I should. <laughs> uh, too funny. All right. So at the end of the day, I kind of think it's order out of chaos uh, is a lot of it, but we do think on a much higher level that they were opening up things and, you yeah. know, 
I, I hate to even mention the word because of the amount of controversy that it caused on our chat channel, Jesse, but I hopefully put an end to it. But that word that Robin Bullock had, whether you think he's a prophet, whether you think he's not a prophet, I right. just simply pointed out you want to watch that particular segment because I felt there was information into it and it runs basically to today was mm -hmm. the focal point of his calendar. And again, maybe he's on the dark side. Maybe he's a prophet guy. I don't know. <laughs> well, I kind of do, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> <clears throat> because I don't, listen, and I'm not going to say simply because of this. God can use anyone, you know. Uh, That's true. He does use people. We, Sometimes we look at what people are saying in the system. You know, we we put the military analyst on, and he's not uh, coming out as a prophet of God, but he's giving some good information. Do we agree with everything? No. Can we learn something from it? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so, so I, we're. I don't want to divide people and have people arguing back and forth because, quite honestly, that brings no fruit for the kingdom. Jesse. Yeah. It does. It brings no fruit for the kingdom. Uh, right. We got to focus on Jesus, and you know, we watch, we observe what's happening in our times. We get instructions so we know how to pray and how to combat this in the heavenlies, because we do not fight against flesh and blood. We for, we fight against princes and principalities, Jesse. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, our big fight, our prayer, can actually be what. You know, some of that was symbolizing was that, um, you know, that we'll just say that those who've been trained as Jedi's, uh, which you know are are infiltrating the Catholic churches, um, looks like they've just been called up. You know that they're going to be called up from the southern quadrants, especially. So, um, you know, we'll see where that goes. But gives us a lot of prayer. You know, we had mentioned how. You know, we already saw some of the spirits kind of coming in from the east, the north, and the the west. So now we see that there's also some things being worked up that they're, you know, that attack from the south is going to be significant. Yeah. All right. So, Jesse, I guess we can, uh, we'll go into the, oh, oh man, we're over an hour already. Do we have time yeah. to do this? No, well, maybe, well, we could. I mean, yeah, we could do a quick rundown or we could do a, a special time and bring out some of the news that's been happening this past week or cover that Thursday. We got yeah, a lot of news. I, I think I, and you know what? Uh, why don't I just tell what my dream was and then we'll continue uh to unravel it on thursday but yeah. i want but i think i want to tell what my dream was and plus we'll give you just kind of a, a, a bit of a sit rep on what's going on right now as well so the, the first thing is it's important to note that uh the way the things have transpired you got to go back to over a year ago in D.C. in January. And when people were taken prisoner without any rights, 
okay, without any rights. They did not get to see uh, legal counsel. They did not get, you know, regular conditions that murderers would get. They got worse than that. They were thrown in the gulag. They've been persecuted and they've had everything done. And it's a strong arm tactic to make you scared of going against the man. Okay. Right. And by the way, it worked. How many big protests have uh, been happening in, you know, where the largest standing free army in the world is, which is the USA, mm -hmm. where have been the people? They're scared. Or it's worked. And I'm not saying people are scared, uh, but it's also they've also made it through censorship very, very difficult for you to organize. Yeah. And they've made it clear through false flag operations like the uh the kidnapping of uh the Michigan Michigan governor Whitmer and stuff like that. Oh no, no, no. You see, the uh the the three percenters they they have FBI and all of these things. So it's all a big setup. So they've got people looking, you know, in these organizations, these guys who have made oaths to keep the constitution are all looking at each other saying, are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Listen, right. their plan is brilliant and it's worked in other countries before. That's mm -hmm. why they're doing it here. And then we have the, uh, what happened in, uh, in Canada now. The government is not only arresting under really no condition, and I and I want to be clear. There's a couple people saying, "Look, they were fake arrests. They got released, or maybe some people did, but maybe some didn't." Yeah, that's right. And and there's also uh, and look, we believe in the corporation thing. Jesse and I both know that that has happened. But when people come to your house with guns and they forcibly remove you. Does it matter that it's the corporation or and you're a sovereign person? They have guns. They remove you. They throw you away. They freeze all of your assets. You cannot buy or sell. By the way, you can't get credit again. You probably can't get a job after. They're out to absolutely ruin people right now. Right. And they're going to make a point of this. Now... <clears throat> I do believe that people can rise up and overcome this. Mm -hmm. We have the numbers and also the amount of people who are being converted to Christianity through this is unbelievable, Jesse. Praise the Lord on that. It's unbelievable. So one of the things that's on my heart, and I'm not going to do a fundraiser of any sort or anything like that. Um, I want to earn money and I hope you want to earn money as well. But one of the things that's on my heart is to go and help some of these people who have had their assets frozen. So yeah. I'm not going to do a fundraiser. I'm not going to ask for any donations, but what I am going to ask is if you'd consider, you know, part of the way Jesse and I are supporting ourselves is through my Liberty stand. Look, we've just started. Uh, it can grow over time, but we really need more people to work with us. So it's one thing to, uh, to go to my Liberty stand and say, look, the products are great. Uh, I want to shop there. And we thank you for every one of you who do that. But if you could put aside a few hours a week 
and help us grow this thing. And and by the way, you can help yourself because you could end up, you know, uh, getting a little bit of, you know, compensation yourself, but it grows the entire kingdom economy that we're growing. And so rather than asking for donations or anything like that, just like, listen, come work alongside of us. Things actually flow up in the way this works. And, uh, and you'll be helping Jesse and I, and I just promise, uh, I will never show you what I'm going to do, but I promise, you know, just like we, we covered in acts, uh, five, uh, you know, the other day, uh, look, I'm not going to shortchange if God says for me to give this, I want to honor him and to do that. And I want to help these people. Um, so and what I, I, it's similar to, you know, I want to bring out too, like it's similar to what we have to do through, you know, illuminate the darkness that we've got, you know, those we call champions who are high level whistleblowers, whether it's through the military or survivors, you know, out of the system. And, you know, you can't, the, you just can't give all the details because these people are, you know, just barely surviving. And, you know, we've got individuals that literally they step outside, they get shot at, you know, um, they can't go to the grocery store, they can't, you know, go to the bank. And then you've got where the system does all sorts of things to those accounts and makes it so that they can't receive money coming in, even money they've worked for, they've lost, you know, their pensions. Their accounts their, are closed and everything. Their yes. disability, they can't get disability. They can't go apply in public, you know, places through the government to get food stamps or housing or any of that stuff. They're just trapped and, you know, they can't go out and publicly work. So, you know, it's coming alongside of those individuals since, you know, it's, it's again, that acts church that, you know, there was that point where those who had, you know, bought and sold what they had in order to make sure that everybody had a supply of what they needed. And, you know, we're in that position again, where we have to make that decision. Are we going to, you know, take care of our brethren and how does that look? Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. To go back, read, read that chapter in Acts, <laughs> Acts 2 and just really be in prayer about, you know, asking the Lord, how does that look for my life right now? How can I be in help, Lord? Um, you know, how can I be a Joseph in this moment, you know, so that when when the times of you know need or how did it put it in that passage in joseph's time you know you had the years of goodness and then you had the the drought that came through so you know how can we be prepared so that when that drought hits and the nations are coming for food that the storehouses are already filled up it's already there and everybody's going to have enough and that's what's on my heart. And that's why I'm asking people to not only just, you know, sign up at my Liberty stand and, and, you know, maybe just shop and stuff like that, of course, but also to come alongside us and work with us in this, because listen, the fact is there's probably a time coming when you're going to need to supply for your neighbor as well. And so yeah. having a little bit of extra coming in might, you know, just be, that enough to give to help that person who lives next door to you or across the street or a family member or something like that. But we really have to start consciously thinking of this. So 
Uh, my Liberty stand is just one way to do it. And uh, I'll stop there with that. Um, and then Jeff, you still need to share with us your dream. You didn't share that yet. Yeah. Yeah, I will. So look, I, I want to be very clear on this. I have never said I'm a prophet. I've never said anything like that, but yet, you know, the word says, and Paul says in Romans that all shall prophesy. Um, yeah. And I really think that I had a prophetic dream last night and it was vivid and it was very symbolic. I don't understand everything about it. I talked to Jesse about it right before we came on air and she had some definite thoughts about it and they lined up with what I saw. So what I saw in my dream was I was like standing at an elevated position, whether I was on top of a building or on top of a hill but I was elevated and I could see cities and, and it, you know, what I saw coming from kind of the right handish side, I think it was, I was almost like I was turned that way, but not quite. It was, a, you know, the corner of my eye, I saw someone rise up and, you know, it looked like it Asian sort of thing. Um, I kind of think it looked Kim Jong Un ish, but I don't think it was him. It might be. I don't know. I, I didn't get the identity of that person. But what this person did was this person rose up and essentially said, I will channel in the gods of old and make myself large and take control of the situation. But before that person could do it, JT, or Little Potato, up here north of the 49th parallel, stood up and said, ah, I'm going to do it, because I felt that there was a jockeying for position. Hmm. And what happened was Little Potato did this, and Little Potato became literally like a thousand feet tall. And literally able to kick over buildings and with a swipe of his hand, and he brought massive devastation to areas, massive de devastation. And then just before I woke up out of this dream, I'm like, God, how can we stop this? Like this. And and I was reminded, uh, although, you know, I, I didn't want to put it because there was no comparison to Goliath. <laughs> this dude is <laughs> Goliath times 10, right? Or times 100. But it was the same rock that would bring that down. And that rock is Jesus, in, in my opinion. Um, and now I'm, that, now I'm putting conjecture because that wasn't in my dream, uh, that part. But, you know, afterwards, and I'm thinking about it, um, but I'm telling you, I really feel that there's a vying for position and that there is some hard times and some devastation ahead before the fall of the giant, you might say. Jesse, what do you see from that? Yeah, well, I had brought out that um, it matched a, a dream kind of that I had had many, many years ago, probably back in 2006, around that time frame. And at that time, I in my dream, I just I saw Castro sitting in a chair, and he was surrounded. You know, he had three Asian men, two on 
or one on each side and then one behind him. And the one standing over him, like kind of just like dropped this scroll that it was like three pages that just kind of like dropped down. Each of those pages had a very distinct, um, you know, I'll just say Japanese letter on them. That's what it looked like. It looked like the Japanese lettering. And, uh, you know, and then it was a treaty though. So he signed that treaty uh, with them. So, you know, that is just very interesting. And then, um, you know, as you were talking about the initial part with the rising up, you know, we had discussed uh, the last time we talked how, you know, Beijing and, um, you know, the Super Bowl, how that's all part of this ritual for the 10 kings who are going to rise up. And so, you know, I believe that that dream was also reminiscent that you saw some of those kings and saw the direction of moves from where those, you know, that power that they're going to be enforcing and taking their territory control, you kind of saw where that was coming from on the battlefield. Yeah, and, you, so. and you said little potato was one of them. And when you had your dream with Castro and it was surrounded by Asian, which is kind of interesting, but uh, you had also given me That's a name. That's bloodline. Yeah, his bloodline. And then, um, you know, he was part. It's interesting. We'll just say his bloodline were part of those initial rituals. So, yeah. Yeah. So, listen, I I don't have anything concrete, but I wanted to share that because I, it's not often I have a dream. Well, I, I do get them from time to time, and I always have since I've become a Christian. Mm -hmm. But this one felt really important to me. So uh, we're going to think about it. And maybe you want to tell us what you think about it. Maybe God gives you the interpretation as well in the audience. So, uh, and we'll go more on that perhaps on Thursday unless something else happens because we usually plan shows and then things change. And actually, we might have a special guest that Jesse has reached out to which would be explosive if uh, if this person decides to come on. I really hope he does. Yes, definitely. Okay. So any, a great show. Any final words, Jesse? Um, I would encourage people, you know, the, the Lord's just really moving. So, um, you know, go back the past few months, you know, starting back with our uh, Texas Tea video uh, kind of just be rewatching those Tuesday 30 or Tuesday, Thursday videos, because we've been building up as we've been doing this massive decode to where we're going. And so, you know, it's important to kind of understand the foundation of where we're going this, the next few months. So. And, and, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have the background that Jesse does. So I'm, I'm maybe a few months ahead of you. And what she's saying is very true. You have to understand some of these fundamentals because, uh, listen, there's things called natural law. There's uh, there's some magic and there's some elementals that we have to understand so we can properly combat it. We're not That's teaching right. it here. We're not teaching it. We're uh, exposing we're, it so that we can combat it. it. Yeah. And. And so if the, if the Lord is going to let us see what the future moves of the enemy are so we can pray properly, 
uh, so we can battle in the heavenlies properly against this, then we need to accept that wisdom. So uh, as always, we're going to fall back on God's word as our direction, as our truth, <coughs> as the, the only thing to compare everything else to. But there is more things happening in this world than uh, meets the eye. So we're going to focus on that. Amen. Amen. All right, Jesse, thank you very much. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.